How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Training Camp Podcast. Uh, I miss I, weird start to the podcast, but I missed you guys this week. It was I don't know why. I feel like a long week without the podcast, and so I've been really looking forward to shooting the podcast. I try to do it on the same days every single week. I try to do it on uh, Fridays. So uh, I don't know. It felt like a really long week, so I really missed talking sports for the week. It's I literally recorded a week ago, but it felt like a long time ago. Uh, on the slate for today, I have. We're going to play a fun little game. Unfortunately, I'm by myself today, so no guests, but we're going to be playing a fun little game, and then I'm going to be talking about... Actually, I'm going to leave the first uh, the first leg uh, as a surprise, because we're going to jump into that right after I, I get into this. Uh, of course, my NFL tiers, and then my wallet winners, and then I actually do have... I have an announcement that I will be making at the end of the podcast, and it's not just like a me announcement. This actually benefits you guys. Like, I'm not even joking. This is something that you guys can like physically and literally win from. So stick around for that. Um, so the first thing we're gonna talk about today. So this week we finally concluded the longest week in NFL history, a six-day week, which started on Thanksgiving of last week. And finally ended Wednesday night with the Pittsburgh Steelers Baltimore Ravens um, football game, which was supposed to be on Thanksgiving and then was pushed back to Sunday at one o'clock because of a COVID outbreak within the Ravens organization, which was then pushed back to Monday, which was then pushed back Tuesday, which was then pushed back finally to Wednesday, and the game was able to be played. Um, and we're gonna, I am going to be serious for a second. I know that's really kind of weird. Um, the the COVID outbreak and the impact that COVID-19 has had on the NFL is monstrous. It's, mo it's monumental. I, is that a word? I don't even know if that's a word. I, I just made that up, I think. Um, it's, its impact is huge. I mean, we, we just had a, uh, an NFL week extended by two additional days because of the impact it had. And if you don't think this is having a toll on the players... And you can't just say they're making millions of dollars, so they should just shut up and dribble. They should just shut up and catch a pass, shut up and throw a ball. Like, that is the most, that's the most veiled and empty-minded statement you can make because this is having an effect on players. If you look at last night's game, how many injuries happened in that game? You think it's a coincidence that those injuries happened because um, those, injury, those injuries came after a week where those two teams were not able to practice i mean the ravens defense throughout the game had similar like the same players go in and out because of injuries because their bodies were not ready for a football game bud dupree tore his acl and if you don't think that's a direct correlation to not being able to practice and having to jump straight into an nfl game after not having your body warmed up for something like that then you're avoiding like you are not seeing what is happening right now um i mean honestly if if the teams had practiced this week. There are not. Marcus Peters kept going in and out with injuries. I think two Ravens players left that game with injuries. There were three others, I'm pretty sure, that were going in and out from that defense that were sustaining injuries. I mean, Robert Griffin III, his hamstring kind of it gave out halfway through the game. And I know that he has a history of hamstring injuries. But, I mean, again, if you're, if you're practicing, your body's getting used to that. That's one of the benefits of practice. Um, within any sport is you're warming your body up to then get ready for a game. If you sit out a week or longer, your body is going to, I mean, you can train at home, but nothing, you, training at home is not an NFL game, a basketball game, whatever sport you're playing. It's not the same thing at all. And so, I mean, again, 
Robert Griffin III, he, yes, he's had injuries in the past, but that doesn't that likely does not happen because his body's prepped for it. Bud Dupree, it was a non-contact injury. When I saw it, I knew, I knew it was an ACL tear because he just fell down and immediately grabbed his knee. He walked off of the field and walked to the locker room, so I had a little bit of hope, but unfortunately, he tore his ACL, and that's a player who has not had injury history before. Um, so this is taking a toll on players, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna show you guys a clip. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna show you guys a couple clips, and I'm not gonna commentate over them because I just want you guys to watch them and I want you guys to see. So the first one, uh, Raheem, Raheem Mostert. This was from the previous weekend, Sunday, which feels like ages ago. Um, He made his return to the NFL season, and I think one of the biggest issues with NFL right now is people they don't really. The impact fantasy football has had on the NFL is monstrous because people don't really look at players as people anymore. They either look at them as successful things for their team or they look at them at, like at their like their favorite team. Like if you're a Niners fan, if you're a Ravens fan, a Steelers fan, whatever. You look at them as that or you look at them as points on a fantasy team. And you, you completely forget that there is a player there and there's a real human being there. And so here is Raheem Mostert after... Um, their win, or uh, yes, after their win last weekend. One thing I, I would like to say, though, you know, um, no matter what we go through, um, we're a team, and, and we truly believe that, you know, we're, we're going to take care of each other. We're going to look after each other. Uh, I mean, if you if you think about my situation, you know, I left my family back at home to, to be a part of something like this, and um, I don't take anything for granted. You know, I try to do my best to make sure that me, um, the people around me, my teammates, um, everybody, the whole organization is looking, you know, after each other. And um, that's one thing that I, I pride myself on. So um, for me personally, you know, it, it's been a struggle, you know, not having my little my little family. Um, sorry if I get a little emotional, but, you know, um, it, it's really tough. And um, I miss them so much. And it's a fight out here every day. You know, you, you're fighting for your life. And I just want people to understand that, you know, it's just not football players. It's, it's the whole organization. It's everybody. People have to make sacrifices out here. And, um, you know, I, I sacrificed to leave my family behind so that way I can make a living for them. Um, yeah, so I, that's all I got to say, really. That is from a player who no longer plays in San Francisco where his family likely lives. He is now playing in Arizona because of the fact that you – you fucking idiots out there. Not, I'm not talking NFL world. I'm talking the real world. You fucking selfish idiots out there who are taking everything for granted right now. And you're thinking so selfishly because you don't care about what happens to other people. You don't care about the impact this has on other people's lives. This, I know he's an NFL player. I know he makes millions of dollars. Oh, he runs a football, oh, this and that. But he's still a human being. And because of all these selfish people that are that are only thinking for themselves and they don't care about anything outside their own personal bubble and so it, at, as a reaction to that California has now had a certain regulations set in place where um, you know you can't play sports anymore and so because of that the San Francisco area cannot have sports and San Francisco has to now move to Arizona, which thank God Arizona is letting them play in their own stadium, a division rival. This shows the humanity of NFL teams. This is not an NFL call. This was a team call by the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and they are allowing a division rival to 
play because they know what this is like. And now this man is going to be away from his family. And I'm sure the family could come with him, but his kids are probably in school. His his wife probably has friends in the San Francisco area. I doubt that they want to be completely isolated for, and they're in a playoff push. So, you know, if they make the playoffs and they somehow get a home game, that game is going to be played in Arizona. Or maybe they even end up playing Arizona in the first round of the playoffs. You don't know. Like, so this man, he they they are sacrificing everything. I mean, Cam Jordan came out a couple weeks ago and said when he comes home from away games, he self-isolates from his family. He's still in his own home, but he stays in a completely different room because he's scared about giving giving the virus to his family if he tests positive for it. So, but before I get into more, I'm going to show another clip. Uh, another really amazing storyline that happened this week was Kendall Hinton came on to be the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos out of nowhere. I mean, this man was, he was working at a grocery store, I think, or he was a, a fundraising, at a fundraising clinic, and then got a phone call saying, hey, you're on our practice squad, but you're going to be starting quarterback against New Orleans Saints this week. And by this week, we mean two days. You're going to be a starting quarterback against one of the hottest defenses right now. And this is what he had to say. I can usually say, you know, this has been the most eventful 24 hours um, of my life. Um, but, you know, when I got the call, it was, uh, it was, you know, pure excitement. You know, of course, there was nerves and disbelief. But, um, you know, the encouragement the team gave me and, you know, guys, guys just keeping me up the whole time is they made it a lot easier for me a month ago yeah um i was selling fundraisers um you know and just trying to scrape up what i could you know trying to stay stay in shape and figuring out what was next um you know i always kept that kept that positive uh attitude about you know what was next and and when it came to football but you know, reality did hit, and, you know, I kind of started having to be an adult. He had to, He said he had to start being an adult. I don't think that even starts to explain what was probably going through his mind. I mean, the sad thing is Kendall is probably going to be either released or signed back to the practice squad of the Denver Broncos because that's how the NFL works. It's a business. We all know that. But, I mean, okay, he went one for nine, two interceptions. You know why people were were giving him so much crap? Because so many people saw an opportunity for their fantasy team to play a, a, wider, a quarterback at a wide receiver position because they were thinking selfishly. You know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I will not lie to you. When I first heard that he was starting, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool for fantasy football-wise. And then I saw his performance, and I stepped back, and I, and I thought, wow, that was extremely selfish of me. Because I can't imagine during that game, he's not only playing for himself, he's likely playing for a job. He's playing for the, the sport that he loves. And like he said, he was selling fundraisers a week ago, and then all of a sudden he's having to play quarterback without a game plan without learning a playbook and he only threw nine passes but you know what those nine passes are some of the most important things that happened this this year in the nfl because those nine passes highlighted how irresponsible the nfl as an organization has handled this pandemic the i will not lie the beginning of the year they were doing a great job but then the nfl started allowing fans into the stadiums and i know that there were regulations in set but honestly you cannot be doing that. 
you are putting people at risk, whether it's the fans, whether it's the staff that have to work these stadiums, whether it's the players, the coaches, or anyone else that is inside that stadium, you are putting them at risk. And I don't care about those fans who are saying, well, we want to watch our favorite team play. Again, you know what you're being? You're being selfish. You can watch them on the broadcast. I mean, seriously. The NFL should have kept the mandates that they put in place at the beginning of the year. They should have kept them there. They were there for a reason, and they were working for a reason. And going back to the Broncos situation, they had the Broncos actually had a backup plan in, in because they found out early in the week that they were probably not going to have a quarterback. And so that one of their assistants, who had played quarterback more recently than Kendall Fuller, they reached out to the NFL and said, hey, we, this is the guy that we would like to play as quarterback. And the NFL said no. The same organization that pushed back for almost a week one team's game said no to a team that was already in disarray from other injuries and had just lost their entire quarterback room. They said no. And another report comes out this week that uh, NFL executives and other NFL players are extremely disgruntled with the way the NFL is handling this. And I, you know what? I can totally see that. I know the NFL has to operate as a business because that's what it is. It's a business. The NFL stands for not for long for a reason, like, especially in regards to like Kendall Henton. Like I was saying, he probably, it wouldn't surprise me if he was dropped. He shouldn't be. He should be given a roster spot for the next two years for what he did. But the NFL is handling this like a business, and they are for, and they are doing one of the biggest things that businesses forget to do. They're forgetting to realize that the, that the people that work for them are real people and not just cogs in a system that caused the organization and the league to work. I I you know what I completely understand that doing a bubble for thirty two NFL teams, which each team is fifty three players on a roster, not to count practice squad players, not to count the 23 coaches, not to count trainers. I understand that a bubble would be impossibly difficult. But I'm not on I'm not on the decision-making board for the NFL. So I'm not I don't have to sit here and come up with ideas. That's I don't get paid to do that. I don't there's no reason why I should be sitting here going, okay, how can the NFL fix this? There's a, the NFL should be doing that. I'm sure that they've been thinking about it. But you know that they've been doing it primarily as a business. They're not thinking about the players' well-being. And that is why I respected the NBA so much. The NBA took a step back and said, we're going to lose a shit ton of money. We're going to lose an unprecedented amount of money. But we want to keep these players safe. We want to keep these trainers and these staff safe. And the NBA was commended for it. The NBA did an amazing job. Not one case. The NHL did the same thing. Not one case. You look at the MLB, which decided not to bubble up. How many games were canceled, postponed, or never happened? Because they were selfish. And NFL, you're going down that exact same route. There's a double standard, it seems, as well. Oh, the Broncos, they're they're three and seven, or whatever the heck their record is. Ah, they're they're not worth it. We'll just have them play a, a wide receiver. Maybe that'll get some views because that might be a storyline. Oh, the Broncos, who play on Thanksgiving against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are in the running for a playoff spot and the Steelers are undefeated. Let's keep pushing that game back. Let's try to make that game as playable as possible. You either, as the NFL, you either tell the Bronco, you either tell the, the Ravens to suck it up and play a running back at quarterback, 
or to play RG3 at quarterback, or you pl or play Trace McSorley at quarterback, or you tell the Broncos, we'll push your game back until you guys have a viable option. It's irresponsible and unbelievable. That's what it is. You're thinking about yourself, and you're thinking about the money you're making over the players who make that money for you, and the coaches who make that money for you, and the trainers, and all the other coaches who keep these players and coaches in their best shape so you guys can make money. And I'm sure you guys have already lost a tremendous amount of money. But money should not be everything. This league is nothing without these players. I mean, people always say that Clemson could come in and beat the Jets. No, they couldn't. The worst player on the Jets team is probably better than the best player on Clemson team. Maybe not counting Trevor Lawrence. So you take away, I mean, you take away one best player from every team. And this league is not even close to what it is. You take one player out of this league, actually. You take Patrick Mahomes out of this league and you think this, this league is the same? The NFL was lucky more players didn't sit out. And in reaction to this, the NFL is still acting selfishly. All eyes are on you, NFL. That's all I'm going to say. All eyes are on you. You're, the, you're one of the most influential leagues on the planet. And people are going to watch how you're doing this, and they're going to compare it to the, the more successful ones. The NHL is not even one of the biggest, highest-rated leagues. If anything, it's one of the lowest-rated leagues on the face of this earth, and they did a better job. And they're being commended for it. Meanwhile, you're being, you're being tossed out, and you're being cursed by the players and the staffs and the uh, executives who make this league happen. You have to be better. You just do. You have, you have to be better. I know this is completely different from how the podcast usually operates, so we're, and we will get lighthearted later, I, I promise. But this is an issue that's not just affecting the NFL and the NBA and the NHL. It's affecting all of us. I mean, hell, the, the United States just reached a record high in not only cases, but in deaths. So it's affecting all of us. This is not just an NFL topic. This is, uh, this is a world topic. And I think it's been reminiscent of me to not even address it once on the, what, 15 or 14, however many episodes of the podcast I've had so far. Put your fantasy teams aside. Put your team success aside. Think about the players that this is affecting. All right. Uh, <laughs> we are going to, like I said, we will lighten up in the next leg. Uh, we got the uh, solutions to certain NFL teams that have issues of quarterbacks and who I think which teams need the help and what quarterbacks I think can fix that help for them that we will talk about in the next leg. Stick around for that. Also, just make sure uh, you guys stick around to the end because I do have a huge announcement that you guys can benefit for. So stick around. Welcome back to the Training Camp Podcast. If you guys missed in the first leg, we talked about the impact that COVID-19 has had on the players. And <laughs> you guys can already probably tell I'm in such a better mood. Uh, I'm not even in a better mood. I just, we're lighthearted now. Uh, that was obviously a more serious issue and something I wanted to address. Um, just, I wanted to take my time with it. That's why it was one of the longer legs and one of the more longer segments that the show's had. Uh, but in this episode, okay, so we have we have a quarterback issue for so many teams this year. I mean, whether it's the Jets, the Jaguars, the, the Dallas Cowboys, who have the expiring franchise tag on Dak Prescott. You got the, the I mean, the Eagles, Carson Wentz looks bad. The Bears don't have a quarterback. Like, there's so many teams right now that 
don't know what to do at quarterback. So, you know, I'm going to put on my GM glasses, put on my tie, and act as if I know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to list off. I got 11 teams here. These, I think, are the 11 teams that have the biggest issue at quarterback. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to put on my GM tie, my GM glasses, and I'm going to try and solve these problems for these teams. So the first team, the New York Jets. Obviously, the Jets, they thought they had a quarterback in Sam Darnold. I still believe Sam Darnold is a very good quarterback. I just think the Jets have ruined him in their system. I think he'd probably succeed somewhere else. They're going to have the first pick in the draft. This, don't overcomplicate this. We already know who the solution for the Jets are. It's Trevor Lawrence. Draft him. First overall pick. Draft him. Trade Sam Darnold for a hefty load. You could probably still get a couple of picks for him. Maybe even like a low-rate player. Um, fire Adam Gase. Get... Eric Bieniemy, it's New York, man. People should want to work there. You're the. It's a New York team. You. This is the Jets. People should want to work there. You should not have an issue hiring. You're not a small market. Try to go after Eric Bieniemy. Go after Lincoln Riley. Go after the big names. Seriously, you need Trevor Lawrence is the key to the success of your team. You guys have not been good in a long time. It's because you guys haven't had a quarterback in a long time. Just get. Just get Trevor Lawrence. Number two, we got the Jaguars, who are probably going to have the second overall pick. The way, Jaguars are kind of weird because, okay, obviously I'm just going to say who solves it first. It's uh, uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields is their solution to their quarterback issues. But the Jaguars are weird because Gardner Minshew came up and he is a good quarterback. So they could probably trade Gardner Minshew, not for like what the Jets could probably get for Sam Darnold, but like they could get enough for him. And then Jake Gluten, like he's not a franchise level quarterback, but Honestly, playing against some of these teams, he looked like a like a pretty good proven backup. Like as a Steeler fan, I won't lie, I might take Jake Luton over Mason Rudolph because Jake Luton, like, he he had a sense of confidence to him. So I don't know what the Jaguars have, but like they don't produce star quarterbacks. I don't think that Gardner Minshew is a star. Again, I think Gardner Minshew is probably a very very good backup or a good transition quarterback, which is kind of like what the Jaguars are using him for. Uh, tread just a quarterback as if they had a quarterback before <laughs> Gardner Minshew but yeah Justin Fields I think is the one that they should take again it's very sim similar to to uh, Trevor Lawrence with the Jets don't overcomplicate it just take him he's gonna help your team out third team I don't, th this might come as a surprise to some people but I don't I think most people kind of understand the thought process behind it but the 49ers Jimmy Garoppolo is not the answer he doesn't fit your offensive scheme uh he's he, I don't want to say he's limited, but again, I just think the fact that he doesn't fit your scheme is the biggest thing holding the Niners back is the quarterback position. Who's the solution? Sam Darnold. Yep. I I think Sam Darnold in that system with Shanahan as his head coach could have three to five times the success that Jimmy Garoppolo has had because say what you want about what he did with the Jets. It was with who? With the Jets. Yes, everyone who leaves the Jets is better. It's not the Jets, but anyone who leaves Adam Gase is better. It's been proven. Honestly, I think right now, I think Sam Darnold's a better quarterback than the current Ryan Tannehill. So imagine, like, as if, let's let's say Sam Darnold was, is currently as good as Miami Dolphins' Ryan Tannehill, then that's a that's a pretty good progression. Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback. He's probably a top 15, maybe even top 10 quarterback just running his team within his system. But I think he's better than Ryan Tannehill is right now, talent-wise. So you take him out of that, put him with a bright, genius offensive mind in Kyle Shanahan, and you can have so much success, honestly. You might have to go up a little bit for him. Um, I think 
it won't if you had traded for him at the beginning of the season it's going to be a lot less than that i mean honestly it wouldn't surprise me if it was like a third or a fourth round pick i don't think anyone's going to give up a second they're not going to give up a first for him um so i think honestly he he gets out of the pocket he's mobile we saw that on his like 50 yard touchdown rush against the denver broncos um He's got a great arm. He's got great accuracy. He makes some mistakes, yes. But I again, I'm going to attribute a lot of that to just being in the Jets system. A lot of Zach, when Zach came on the show, one of the biggest things he talked about was it's not only about talent, but a lot of time it's about fit. You're not going to have a Russell Wilson. You're not going to have a Patrick Mahomes come. I, I'm, I'm actually going to throw Joe Burrow into this. You're not going to have those types of players come along where you're in a, you're in a really bad system and you make it work. I'm not saying... Patrick Mahomes is in a bad system. I'm just saying he's one of those he's one of those rare types of quarterbacks where you go into a bad system and it works. Andrew Luck is another quarterback like that. That's why I'm really interested to see Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in their respective systems because those are organizations that are completely dysfunctional. So there's not many quarterbacks that can just fix a system. You put Sam Darnold on that Niners system, it's not that he necessarily fixes it, but he is extremely more talented. And honestly, he can be he could be a top 15 quarterback in the league. Wouldn't surprise me if he was like top 12 because of just what offensive schemes uh, Kyle Shannon can put up. So, Niners. Well, then what, what what happens to Jimmy Garoppolo? They still have him on contract. So what do you do? You trade him. To who? Well, the, well, the, the New England Patriots happen to need a quarterback. Why not get the quarterback you originally drafted? You were high on him in the first place. I mean, trade him. A lot of people saw him as the heir apparent to Tom Brady in New England. Trade for him. He's going to be a very trade low for um, for the San Francisco 49ers. Honestly, you could probably give the Niners back what they offered for Sam Darnold. If the, if, Sam, if they give up a fourth for Sam Darnold, you could probably offer a fourth for Jimmy Garoppolo. The Patriots system was built to succeed Tom Brady, and they drafted a quarterback which they thought was kind of reminiscent of Tom Brady, which is Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is not an all-time talent. I, I don't think he he will ever be a top 10 a top 10 top 15 quarterback in the league but again if you have Belichick there I think Belichick knows Jimmy Garoppolo better than any other quarterback he could possibly get if you draft a quarterback in this upcoming draft you're gonna have to build a system around that quarterback which will take a couple of years but they've had Jimmy Garoppolo they know they've won with Jimmy Garoppolo so I think Jimmy Garoppolo is the obvious again I'm not gonna say like the obvious he's going to lead them to the promised land type of quarterback, but he's the obvious pick for them for right now. I mean, for the next five or 10, I'm not going to say five, 10 years, five to six years. I think he's a good quarterback until they find like that one quarterback. They want to draft him. If they want to sign him in free agency, whatever they want to do. I think he's a good quarterback for right now. Uh, we're going to move on to Dallas, Dallas. They're in a debacle. They're probably going to have a top five pick, which means they can take a quarterback or do they re-sign slash franchise tag deck again? I actually did a segment about this earlier uh, one of the earlier episodes, I said, you know, should they draft a quarterback or should they re-sign Dak? And I thought if, they, if they're they in the top two, then they take Justin Fields. And looking back on that, I, I, it's not that I disagree with it. I just think you can either have a rookie quarterback who very similar to what I was talking about the Patriots, you have to build a system around, or you have a well-known quarterback and a well-known commodity who was the heart and soul of your team. Again, I'm not going to say that the Cowboys were going to go 13 and 3 with Dak this year. We were seeing that they weren't going to go there, but they were going to go 8 and 8, 9 and 7, which is kind of what we expect from the Cowboys from now on. And Dak Prescott, honestly, is the reason that team is what they are. You get you if you re-sign or franchise, I think they should re-sign him just after the injury. That's the best thing that they can do for him, honestly. Um, you re-sign Dak Prescott, and then you get defensive pieces, and then you can get to that team where you're winning 11, 12, 13 games. Dak Prescott is what the Dallas Cowboys need to succeed in the NFL. Resign him. 
re-sign Dak Prescott and you guys will win the NFC East for the next couple of years because there's no challengers in it right now. Denver Broncos. This I don't know if this is like a surprise. I doubt this was on top of people's minds when I was talking about teams that need new quarterbacks. I'm sure they weren't like, yeah, the Broncos are up there. But I mean, now that I brought it up, you probably like, you're like, yeah, yeah, they do need a quarterback. Uh, Drew Locke was fun. But uh, I mean, honestly, I think his season last season was better than his season this season. And it's for the, one of the reasons certain rookies have success over other rookies and they start to fall off. It's just because there's no tape on them. Um, I still like Drew Locke as a quarterback, but I just don't think he's the franchise guy. And the Broncos are looking like they're going to be up there in the NFL draft, like where they're going to be situated in the draft. And so they're, I think they should take a quarterback. I think they should take a quarterback who's been sort of local to Denver. I think they should draft Zach Wilson from BYU. Zach Wilson has built up a reputation for himself he has increased his draft stock and honestly if the broncos don't take zach wilson which they're going to be in the top 10 it looks like the next team who's probably going to be situated to take a quarterback behind them is the patriots and i think if zach wilson falls then i think zach wilson is the only quarterback that the patriots would likely take out of all these rookie these rookie players but i think i think the bronco the broncos would have a really good future uh, at quarterback with Zach Wilson. You look at like Justin Herbert within the Chargers organization. A lot of these players, Justin Herbert was kind of like always a, t- a first round pick whenever after his first season in college football. But Zach Wilson, he's building up a reputation for himself. He's a mobile quarterback. He's a gutsy quarterback. And I think that's what Bron- the Broncos need, especially drafting all these weapons. I don't understand why they signed Melvin Gordon. I mean, cool. Philip Lindsay's a great running back, but they have the offensive pieces there. No offense. If he's healthy, honestly, you just need Zach Wilson, maybe a tackle or a guard, and you're set offensively. And your defense is actually pretty good. They were one, they were one of my underrated teams going into this year. I think the Von Miller injury doesn't happen. They're set up a little bit differently, but I think Zach Wilson can be the future success for the Denver Broncos. Now, another team that, well, no, everyone knows this team has quarterback issues. It's the Bears. Yes, you guys, Trubisky, wasn't it? I'm, I'm not sorry <laughs> because people have been telling you this for the last couple of years. Uh, I feel bad for Mr. Trubisky because he was taken in the same draft as Deshaun Watson and uh, Patrick Mahomes. So that must, that's probably just going to be something that's always in the back of his head all the time. Um, but Nick Foles also, he had a couple of good seasons with Philadelphia. He fit that scheme better. He fit that system better. That's just how it works. And unfortunately, the Bears thought that they might have something with him. You don't. You guys... Bears have not had a good quarterback in a long time. Like a lot, we're not going to count Jay Cutler or or Kyle Orton. We're not going to we're not going to we're not going to count those guys as good quarterbacks. Um, so I think you guys should go to the draft again. Here's the thing: you guys are winning games. They're not pretty. They're not exciting. They're not fun. But you're winning games because of your defense. So you don't have to make a big splash. You can take a quarterback. You need a new offensive coordinator first of all. But you can take a quarterback who again is extremely increasing their draft their draft stock parker was who was on the show a couple weeks ago talked about this player as well i think you guys should take kyle trask out of florida here's the nice thing about this you can take him in the second round because no team is going to take him in the first round i do not believe you take him in the second round maybe even falls to the third round to you guys you guys if you guys really think you can have him you trade up to get him in the third round that's the best value for him you're getting a quarterback later you guys can develop you guys probably are going to have to get a new quarterbacks coach because that your current quarterbacks coach is not doing enough to develop your current quarterback so you're probably going to have to get a new one but you sign him in the second or third round and you guys can use your first and second rounds you don't need defensive pieces draft offensive line draft maybe you don't even need receivers because your receivers are honestly really good with darnell mooney alan robinson and uh uh, oh my God, I can't, I can't remember his name, but, uh, your third wide receiver who I'm just very showing my ignorance here, but I promise I know exactly who I'm talking about. Um, 
You guys have the pieces, and David Montgomery is slowly developing. Take offensive line. Protect him. Honestly, I think that'd be best for your guys' team. The game is shifting to mobile quarterbacks, and though Mitch Trubisky is a mobile quarterback, he's not a mobile accurate quarterback. I see that in Kyle Trask. I think that's the best move you guys can make. Now, Washington football team. They had Kyle Allen. Well, no, they started with Dwayne Haskins and then benched him for Kyle Allen, who then got hurt, who now they have Alex Smith. So what do they do? Just keep Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins. You guys are giving up on a player so fast. You guys give up on a player so fast. And, like, honestly, it's looking like you or the Giants are going to win the division, which means your draft, your draft location, even if you're 4-12 and 12 or whatever, you're going to be further back in the draft just for that reason alone. So, you know, like, I'm not saying Dwayne Haskins will be Patrick Mahomes. No one's going to be Patrick Mahomes. But I think sitting behind Alex Smith is one of the best things he can do. Sitting behind Alex Smith for a year or half a year. I mean, technically, he's going to be sitting behind him for this half of year and then sitting behind him for the half of next year. Like, Alex Smith and Ryan Fitzpatrick are some of the best quarterbacks for this reason because they are extremely well. They, they're extremely good at accepting the role. I'm going to be developing this next quarterback. Just let it let that happen. You and don't give don't openly give up on your quarterback. There were people were coming out saying, Oh, if we if we didn't have Dwayne Haskins, I would have drafted another quarterback. Oh, if, even if we have Dream Haskins, I was gonna draft another quarterback. Don't say that. Don't say that. There's a reason you guys didn't get offers, because it's showing you guys don't have confidence in this kid. He is a talent for a reason. I don't think he was a first round pick. I think I think he should have been a second round, maybe a third round pick, but I think just the way he played in college got people really, really excited. I mean, he was everyone was expecting him to be drafted by the Giants at six, but they took Daniel Jones instead. Washington, develop him. Give him a shot. You guys give him like three games as an opportunity. That's not an opportunity. Stay with it for at least a season. Come on. Come on. <laughs> um, saying in the NFC East, the Eagles, man, Carson, went, what happened? What happened? What? You were an MVP candidate three years ago. What happened? <laughs> I'll tell you what happened. They lost pieces of their offensive bit of their offensive scheme, and now Doug Peterson thinks he knows everything because he got to one Super Bowl. Rebuild it, restart it, shut it down, restart it. Go into the draft. You're gonna be in the top ten this year. It's so it's amazing to me that three of the NFC East teams are gonna be in the top ten this year of the NFL draft. That's wild. But you know what you can do in the top ten? You can draft a quarterback. Do you know who you guys can draft? You can draft another North Dakota State kid, similar to Carson Wentz. You can take Trey Lance. This is why. Trey Lance, not, the biggest thing with Philadelphia or just northern non-coastal teams is you need quarterbacks who have played in the weather. That's why I think I really liked um, Carson Wentz there because he played in North Dakota State. It's not pretty North Dakota State. It's not hot. It's not warm all the time in North Dakota State. It snows there. You know where else it snows and it's really, really cold in the winter? Philadelphia. Um He's also a quarterback who, I mean, some people were deciding if it should be him or if it should be Justin Fields, like flip-flopping between the number two quarterback in the draft. So take him. You guys, need, you guys need to rebuild everything. I mean, honestly, you guys need to get new drinking water too because there's something in the water because everyone that goes onto your team gets hurt. Literally everybody. Your rookie receiver who had not had many injury histories in college or in high school or whatever gets injured. And you guys get Alshon Jeffrey once a year because of injuries. Deshaun Jackson gets hurt. So you get him once a year for injuries. You guys need to change everything. Build a new stadium. Build new practice. I don't know. Get new trainers. Something. You guys, you guys have issues. But I think you guys need to just get rid of Carson Wentz. And so, like, what do you do with Carson Wentz? Well, I think there's one team that needs a, that happens to need a quarterback that I think Carson Wentz could actually fit in and win games in and honestly not go back to MVP form, but go back to a top 12 quarterback, the Indianapolis Colts. You want to know why? Who's their head coach? Frank Reich. Who was the offensive coordinator when Carson Wentz was dominating in the NFL and was an MVP candidate and they won the Super Bowl? Frank Reich. 
guess what else the Colts have? An offensive line. Guess what the Eagles don't have? An offensive line. And then, like, also, the Colts have a running back for the future in Jonathan Taylor. He hasn't been good this year. He's a rookie. Give him a break. They have great wide receiver pieces in T.Y. Hill, and I know he doesn't perform as well as he used to, but that's because he had a good quarterback. No offense to Phillip Rivers, but he loves to throw pretty short. People give uh, uh, Drew Brees a lot of crap for it, but Rivers the same way. There's a reason Austin Eckler was, like, one of the top receivers because Phil Rivers likes to dunk it off to short passes. So yeah, go for Carson Wentz. He is a risk taker. He's gonna make. He's gonna turn the ball over. Yeah, he's not gonna be an Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback where he has one interception every two years. Like that's not gonna happen. But you know what he is gonna do? He's gonna roll out of the pocket. He's gonna buy your receiver some time. He's gonna get you guys open. And sometimes he doesn't roll out of the pocket because your guys' offensive line is so good that you guys can protect him. And he's won and he's had success. Not just success. He's had a, a lot of success with Frank Reich. Bring him in. Trade for him. Seriously, that's the best bet. Your uh, Jacoby Brissett and uh, Philip Rivers are have expiring contracts in this offseason. Why not trade for him? Honestly, what's the worst case scenario? You gave up. You really think you're going to have to give up a lot for a quarterback who's leading the NFL in interceptions right now and he's currently ranked the worst quarterback in the NFL? You're not going to give up a lot. Make the trade. <laughs> Next, this is my final team. This is, this is, I was actually going to devote an entire segment to this team talking about their quarterback situation, but I don't think it really needs one. But one team. We criticize them all the time, and then we talk about their quarterback, and then we're like, we just kind of drop it after the weekends. The Browns, again, it's very similar to Mitchell Trubisky. You guys, you guys whiffed. I, your guys' system is not best for Baker Mayfield, honestly. Like, he is Case Keenum in my eyes. He's he is a good quarterback while you're looking for a great quarterback. That's what he is. And saying he's a good quarterback is honestly kind of I'm being nice to him <laughs> because. You saw the last game. He missed so many open throws. Um, I, I think you guys should resort, resort to the draft as well. You guys are probably going to make the playoffs, honestly. So you're going to be towards the back of the draft. But I think you guys can take one of the most underrated, even though he is being talked about all over the college football world right now. I think you guys should draft Mac Jones. I think it's a great fit for your guys' system. He's going to be in those lower rounds. So you guys can get – you don't have to spend up to get him. And no teams – like I've already talked about, I don't, I don't think the Patriots are going to – take a risk that early in the draft on someone as unproven as Mac Jones. And so there's no other teams that are going to take it. Um, you guys are going to be before teams that maybe need a quarterback for the next couple years after their current quarterback retires, like the Saints or the Steelers. So you're going to be ahead of them. So you can take him. Mac Jones, I think, is the solution to all your guys' problems. I think not all of your guys' problems, but I think for your quarterback problem, I think he's a really, really good thought to put into, you know, Baker Mayfield's not the guy. Maybe keep Baker Mayfield on, sign him to a super small contract as the backup, but Baker Mayfield's not the solution. So, Mac Jones, make the signing. We got one leg left, which I'm looking forward to because we're going to talk the NFL tiers as well as my wallet winners. So, stick around for that. Welcome back to Train Camp Podcast. If you guys didn't miss it, in the first leg, we talked about the COVID impact on the NFL. In the second leg, we talked about all the quarterbacks that I think can fix certain uh, issues that other teams are having with their quarterback situations. And this in this uh, leg, we're going to be talking about my NFL tiers and as well as my wallet winners. So let's hop into NFL tiers. If you're new here, I put every single NFL team into a certain tier. We got six different tiers. And honestly, the bottom two tiers don't have too much movement. It's usually the top four that have the most movement. And so let's talk about the biggest movers that I have from this week. I didn't have too many teams move. Um, I had five. And we'll talk about the more impactful ones towards the end. But I had Washington. They actually jumped into my looking into the playoff tier. They're, they're alongside New York. I don't think that they are 
a win a game in the playoffs here. I just think they're good enough to make the playoffs and not just uh, like that's because of their division. But um, th those two teams are kind of growing on me, honestly. Um, I think Washington, they have a challenge with their upcoming schedule for these last four games, but so do the Giants. So, I mean, these teams could both finish five and 11, four and 12 and make the playoffs. And I think Washington deserves a little more respect than I've been giving them for my tier rankings. So, hey, Washington, congratulations. You guys are now looking into the playoffs in my eyes. San Francisco also jumped into looking into the playoffs. They have been in my rebuilding uh, tier for, I think, the entire time I've had the tier rankings. And you know what? I mean, <laughs> they're getting wins somehow, and I'd be reminiscent if I didn't acknowledge that. So, yeah, Niners, I mean, if you guys, there's rumors that uh, Kittle might come back after, not this week, but the following week, he might come back. And you know what? If you continue to win games, you guys could sneak in as a wild card. So good on you guys. I thought you guys were dead in the water. I still don't think you guys are a top NFL team, but you guys deserve my respect for all the heart and all of the uh, game plan you guys have been doing for your opponents. You guys aren't just throwing in the towel. So kudos to you guys. The Raiders, however, fell. Uh, the the next the my last three teams are all teams that fell. The Raiders were in my eyes a playoff team, and now I have them looking into the playoffs. I don't know. I just think their defense is their biggest Achilles heel. Their defense can't stop anybody. I mean, let's if we're talking about every NFL every AFC team right now. I know they beat the Chiefs, but I doubt the Chiefs lose to them twice. Um, obviously, the Chiefs already beat them again, but in the playoffs, the Chiefs aren't going to lose to them because their defense the Oakland the, the Los ooh, the Los Angeles the Las Vegas hold the hello the Las Vegas defense. Um, it's just not good enough to contain an offense like that. If we're looking at another, we're just going to go down the rankings of the AFC. I don't think that they hold Pittsburgh's offense just because of how the deep ball and how good the receivers for Pittsburgh are. They might be able to contain the run game because Pittsburgh doesn't have a run game. But honestly, Pittsburgh's defense will will probably put a lot of pressure onto Derek Carr, and the offense won't be able to perform even if their defense is keeping up. Um, Tennessee, they're not going to contain Derek Henry or the play action game. Their their biggest Achilles heel is literally just their defense. So. Unfortunately, I have them looking into the playoffs now. Another team that I had falling was the Rams. I just devoted a whole segment to you guys last week. What? what I told you guys, I said you guys were one of those underrated teams, and then you guys lose like that. What? What are we doing? <laughs> really? Come on. <laughs> so you guys, you guys dropped just, uh, you guys dropped out of conference contenders just into playoff contenders. I think you guys can win a couple games in the playoffs, but I don't, I don't know, man. I like Jared Goff, but he has his limits. He has his limits right now, and I think. Sean McVay's brilliance can only take you so far. So you guys are gonna have to be better. Um again, let's look let's look at NFL NFC teams that they can beat. Can they beat the Packers? I think their defense is good enough. Um and I think their run game is good enough. So I think that they could. Can they beat Tampa Bay? That one I don't know about. I mean, again, they'll probably put a lot of pressure on Tom Brady because of their pass rush and their secondary is good, but I don't know if their offense is good enough because of how good the Tampa Bay defense is. Can they beat the Saints? I don't know. When Drew Brees comes back, I don't know if the dink and dunks will be too much for their defense. And again, the Saints defense is really getting good. So they can probably they can probably beat the lower tier teams in the NFC, but the upper tier teams, I don't know about. And the final team I actually had drop, even though they still are currently undefeated, I and I they are my all-time, my that's like my favorite team, special place in my heart. I have the Sewers drop. I don't think they're Super Bowl contender anymore. I have them as conference contenders. They might be able to get to the championship, but I don't think that they can get to the Super Bowl unless like the Chiefs aren't in the championship. Biggest reason why. If the Bud Dupree injury doesn't happen, I actually keep them in the in the um, Super Bowl contenders tier. But this Bud Dupree injury is probably one of the most significant things to happen to the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. One of the reasons him and TJ Watt have had so much success is because offensive lines don't know who to guard. Do we 
double Dupree and let TJ Watt destroy us? Or do we double TJ Watt and let Bud Dupree destroy us? I mean, now they they have a third. I know he's a third round pick, but it's still a rookie coming out of it. And I know Pittsburgh has pretty good development when it comes to rookies. Like you look at um, 40. Oh, my God. I'm How am I blanking his name right now? But uh, the fill in uh, Spillane. Spillane, number 41, who's been filling in for Devin Bush, he's been doing a great job filling in for him as a rookie and a late-round rookie. So I have very low expectations for Highsmith, who's filling in for Bud Dupree, but I still don't think it's going to be enough. Honestly, I think if Devin Bush and Bud Dupree were both healthy, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers would be on the exact same tier as the uh, as the Chiefs just because how amazing that defense would be. Honestly, those two injuries are the most devastating blows to the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, and I think it now takes them out of contention for the Super Bowl. Um, and uh, their offense does worry me a little bit. I think the drops are an issue. I still think their their offense is probably, honestly, a top 10 offense just because of how good the pass game has been and how good uh, Ben has been this year. But their run game is kind of non-existent. James Conner is honestly just used as a pass blocker right now and an occasional dink and dunk whenever they need a just a yard or just to not get sacked. So their running game does worry me, but... Um, the biggest reason for that was the injury to Bud Dupree. So there's my tears. Not much has changed. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know if you guys think uh, one team deserves to be somewhere else or if another team deserves to be somewhere else. So now let's hop into wallet winners. Um, so if you guys are new, I do five picks every week like for sports for sports bets. Um, and those consist of five overall picks, four spreads, and I just do an upset of the week because it spices it up and it adds a little bit of you know, spice to it. And so <laughs> uh, overall, well, okay, I'm going to say this first. I'm only going to count four games last week because one of the games ended up happening on Wednesday. So the Ravens and Steelers game, when I had it in my picks originally, uh, the Ravens were a four-point underdog. And I had Pittsburgh winning 24 to 23, so I had Baltimore covering. Um, I mean, I guess you could technically say I if I pick Baltimore to cover, they still did. But in my eyes, it was a completely different team and a completely different situation. So I'm not going to count that game against the record. So we're only going to do the four games from last week. So last week I went two and two. Hey, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. I mean, considering last week, two weeks ago, I went 0 and five. This isn't too bad. Um, if we're looking at the teams, so New Orleans, again, I made that pick way before everything that happened. They were five and a half point favorites, but I mean, I think they became a ten and a half point favorites. They still covered. And then uh, Vegas, what what was that? What was that? What was that? You and the Rams both I commended last week, and then you guys do this? What the heck? You guys were three-point favorites, and I picked that. That's messed up. And then Arizona, you guys were on fire too, and you guys did that? Why? New England didn't even play a good game. Kyler. I, th I think the injury is the reason you, you performed the way you did. but So, yeah, those two disappointed me. And then Tennessee was my upset pick of the week, and they covered. They didn't just cover. They destroyed Indianapolis exactly as I expected. Um, so, hey, that actually boosts my upsets up to 3-8. and eight, But overall, I am 19-31. and 20-24 uh, on the spread. Honestly, the biggest thing that hurts my record is the fact that I pick an upset of the week. So I'd be pretty close to 500 if I didn't do upsets. But, uh I, we, like my like a great a great coach Mike Tomlin said we don't make excuses, so uh, there we go. Nineteen thirty one the season two and two last week twenty and twenty four on the spread three and eight on upsets. Let's go into this week. This was a honestly a good week. The reason I like hesitate is because like there were a lot of big spreads, but I kind of liked the big spreads for the teams that were in favor there. But let's hop into it. So first team Buffalo goes to San Francisco as a two and a half point favorite. I know in the last leg I was just 
or in the last segment, I was just commending San Francisco. Um, but it seems like whenever I commend a team, they do bad. <laughs> so uh, I do think Buffalo will cover this. I think Buffalo has a better offense. I think Buffalo's defense is just slowly getting better. I mean, they had, a, they had one of the top five defenses last year. I think they just kind of took a step back, but they're starting to regain it. They're very similar to the Saints. Their defense is just starting to find that identity. And I think Josh Allen, um, it's gonna, he is going to start uh, finding his groove towards the end of the season. San Francisco also, unfortunately, will be playing in Arizona just because of everything that happened in California I talked about in the first leg. So they're in, they're in an unusual situation and an, an unfamiliar environment. So I think that just kind of affects them as well. So Buffalo covers two and a half points, and they win 27 to 23. Next one, Philadelphia goes to Green Bay. Green Bay is an eight and a half point favorite, which honestly I think is being nice. I think this game should probably be a 10 and a half point spread um, just because of how bad Carson Wentz and the Eagles have been. The the one thing that Philadelphia has going for them is Green Bay does not have a pass rush. So, like, Cars once might have a little more time, but guess what Green Bay does have? They have a good secondary, and they have some good linebackers. So uh, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Carson Wentz threw for, like, two or three interceptions in this game. I don't – and also Philadelphia's defense is just horrendous. They have a, an okay run defense and, like, an okay pass rush. But – um. Yeah, no, Aaron Rodgers is going to pick this team apart. I have them just blowing out Philadelphia 35-17. to Third pick of the week, Indianapolis goes to Houston. Indianapolis is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Even though I do I, – I was almost going to do a hot take segment, and one of my hot takes would be like, hey – Houston could maybe run the run the table, but uh, I don't think so. I think Indianapolis, they just got embarrassed, so they need to make a statement, especially against a division game, and if they want to win this division, they need this game more than anything. Um, yeah, I mean, going to Houston isn't a big deal. I think Indianapolis's defense will rebound, especially I think the biggest thing for Houston right now is the Will Fuller injury. And uh, who was it that uh, Randall Cobb's hurt right now? So they really are limited on their options. David Johnson's still questionable to return with a concussion. So, I mean, Houston already as bad as they were. They're getting just kicked while they're already down. So, uh, yeah, Houston's going to drop this game. Indianapolis is going to cover the three and a half points. They're going to win 28 to 21. Now, I do this team every single week. We know who it is, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm either, I'm maybe I'm just superstitious because every week I pick them, they do good and they win. And so we're just going to stick with it. Washington goes to Pittsburgh. They're, Washington is an eight-point underdog. I'm taking those eight points. Pittsburgh is on an extremely short week. Not only that, Pittsburgh is then going to have to plan for an even shorter week because they have to play, they play uh, Wednesday and then Monday and then Sunday. So they have to play three games in the span of 12 days. So Pittsburgh is going to be under a bunch of stress. I don't have Pittsburgh losing. That's the biggest thing. Pittsburgh plays down to competition. We've seen it. We know it. It's who they are. I think Pittsburgh is just, it's going to take them a couple weeks to rebound from everything that's happened. Uh, I think the budget pre injury is going to be significant. I think Washington's pass rush is going to be significant. Pittsburgh's inability to run the football is going to be significant. Pittsburgh, honestly, they started off scoring a lot of points in a lot of these games, but they're scoring in the last couple of weeks has gotten just lower and lower. So it's not going to be a high scoring game. It's I have Pittsburgh winning this game, but Washington covering and scores 16 to 22. It's a six point game. Probably shouldn't be this close. And people are going to say, Oh, Pittsburgh is the, the worst undefeated team ever. If you want to hear my thoughts about that, I made a video about that a couple days ago. So go check that out. Um, but yeah, Pittsburgh wins, but Washington covers. Now for my upset of the week, we got a divisional game in the NFC North. The lions are going to Chicago and uh, the Lions are the underdogs here. The Lions are plus 138. And I think the, sp I don't know what the spread is off the top of my head, but I think it's plus four for uh, the Lions. So they're, they're giving four points to Chicago. 
I don't like the Lions defense, but I don't like the Bears offense. And uh, I do know that the Lions are getting the running back back this week. So, again, I like the Bears defense a lot, but I think they're getting Galladay back. They're getting, Matt, I mean, Matt Stafford wasn't gone, but I think with Galladay back, that kind of brings Matt Stafford as well. They're getting a rookie sensation running back, DeAndre Swift. He's been so good the past couple of weeks. So, I think this, and this is a divisional game, and Chicago is just on a downward spiral. So, it wouldn't surprise me if this was like, I mean, this is going to be a close game no matter what in my eyes, if Chicago wins or if the Lions win, but um, <laughs> weird thing, my dad just texted me asking, what's my podcast name? Uh, hey, dad, if you get to this part of the podcast, it's called the Training Camp Podcast. <laughs> um, but yes, like I said, I have, <laughs> that was so, that was so random. Uh, I have the Lions covering here. Uh, 130, or not covering, but I, sorry, that just completely discombobulated my thought process. I have the Lions winning this game as the underdog, 24 to 20. So, quick recap, Buffalo covers 2.5 against San Francisco, Green Bay covers 8.5 against Philadelphia, Indianapolis covers 3.5 against Houston, Washington covers 8 against Pittsburgh, and the Lions uh, pull out the upset against the Bears. Hey, let's go five and zero, oh, and let's put me at a twenty four and thirty one, and let's put let's put me at twenty four and twenty four for the spread. Let's do it. Let's do it this week. Um, so before we go, I do have a huge announcement. This is I'm excited for this. So this is the time of seasons givings and see and like this, this is a time of giving. So I am actually going to be doing a giveaway for the podcast. Um, what what you can win is you can win a seventy five dollar gift card to Amazon. So hey. You guys can go get something for Christmas. You guys can go get a new game if you guys got the PS5 that I unfortunately haven't been able to copy yet because there's one available in every single country, apparently. Um, so all you guys have to do, these are the rules. You guys got to subscribe to this channel, of course. Show me some love. Um, and then in the in the description, I'm going to leave a link to our brand new Instagram page. It's been up for about a week now. I'm going to post a post with the giveaway rules and the giveaway instructions on it. Make sure you guys like that and follow the uh, the new account as well. And then in the comment section, this is this is... You just got to do all these three things and you get an entry. In the comment section, you just got to tag someone in the comment section and you guys get an entry. And here's, here's, here's like, I'm being generous. For every additional person you guys comment and you guys tag in the comment section, you get an additional entry. So let's say you like, uh, you like follow, and subscribe for all those three things. And then you comment someone, guess what? You want to comment another person? There's another entry. You want to comment another person? There's another, you can get, and there is not a limit on people you guys can comment. You guys can do, you can guys can comment every single person you follow. Like that's how it works. So for every single person that you comment, you get an entry. This is going to be open from now up until December 17th at 11.59 my time, which is Mountain Standard Time. And the winner will be announced on the podcast on December 19th. So you guys, you guys have a long time. You guys can get this, uh, you guys can get as many entries in as possible. So make sure you guys go check out the new Instagram, give that uh, shout out page or that, give that giveaway page a like and uh, do all the comments, follow all those steps. And you guys can possibly win a $75 Amazon gift card that I will be giving away to one of you lucky people. Anyway, uh, we're coming to the end of the show. I want to, I want to just give you guys major thanks. Uh, like I said, at the beginning of the show, I missed doing the podcast this week. It felt like it had been a year and, uh, I love doing the podcast weekly. Honestly, it's one of my favorite things. I haven't had any guests on the show recently just because, uh, I'm in the grunt of finals week as well as some of my friends are. 
And uh, also, Utah got put into a regulation where we're not where we're not allowed to have uh, gatherings right now because of COVID-19. But those are being lifted this week, so I will start getting people on the show. Uh, I'm going to continue decorating the set. I actually have the set decorated, but you guys <laughs> you guys can't see where the guests sit. That's where most of the decorations are. But um, yeah, so I just want to give a, a, a huge thanks to everybody. Um, you guys show nothing but love to the podcast. Honestly, I never thought the podcast would be. I know it's not successful because I only get like 50 to 60 views per video, but I still think it's a success because I'm starting conversations with you guys in the comment section. I'm bringing in people. I mean, you guys watch literally the watch time on these is insane. You guys watch the, almost the entire podcast. So nothing but love to you guys. You guys have been one of the brightest spots in my 2020 for such a hard year. This has been for everybody. So I appreciate you guys so much. Make sure you guys enter that giveaway and I will see you guys in the next episode.